Welcome to our weekly Church on the Rock podcast. For more information, visit us at churchak.org, download our Church on the Rock AK app, or like us on our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy our weekly podcast. out from Christmas. Uh, Christmas is uh, such an awesome time. There's a certain anticipation uh, of waiting for something uh, cool to happen, like those Christmas miracles that can sometimes happen uh, over the holidays. Uh, It might be maybe getting a check in the mail that you didn't uh, expect. Honey, we got a check in the mail. It's a Christmas miracle. Or uh, could be uh, that, that, that person that you might not even know come and plow your driveway for you so you can get out. The little Christmas miracles. And it could be something even bigger, maybe a strained relationship uh, that has been a huge struggle uh, and you uh, forgive each other. And there's restoration that happens and uh, that relationship is restored. A big Christmas miracle there. Um, I experienced a pretty cool Christmas miracle um, uh, this season, I was uh, at IHOP uh, with uh, my wife Cora's dad, Tom, I call him Grandpa Tom, and my two sons. So it was the grandpa, it was the dad, me, and my two sons, a little generational breakfast. We went, my boys love IHOP, they love that menu, it's so colorful, and they always point at the picture of the food that they want, and it's always a pancake that has fruit syrup that's just piled up and then whipped cream on top of the fruit syrup. There's really not even any pancake in there. It's just all fruit syrup and whipped cream. Um, and so we had a blast uh, just getting to, uh, to hang out. And the waiter comes up and says, hey, you don't have to pay your bill. I'm like, what? Are you serious? Like, that's amazing. I mean, I was going to make Grandpa Tom pay anyways, but amazing. <laughs> That's great, amazing. Um, and so we're like, but, but, but why? He said, well, somebody wanted to pay for your breakfast. It's a Christmas miracle, man. Free IHOP breakfast. So we're looking around then and trying to figure out, man, who did that? I didn't recognize anybody when I came in. I don't recognize anybody here. And I said, you know, this guy wants to remain anonymous, just wanted to bless you and pay for your breakfast. I said, well... That's amazing, uh, so let's uh, break out some money for the tip at least. And he said, no, you can't tip me because he paid for the tip too. You owe nothing. And so we're like, wow, that's amazing. We don't owe anything. This is, this is incredible. <clears throat> and so through this process, uh, the first thing that I uh, thought to myself was, you know, first you're discovering that uh, this is an awesome gift. Don't have to pay for breakfast. Second thing, I wanted to discover who this, this giver was. <clears throat> who was this mysterious person who decided to pay for our gift? And then the third thing that I felt was, 
I want to do that too. I want to discover what it's like to just pay anonymously for someone's breakfast. I want to do that too. I want to be a part of that. Uh, Last week, Pastor Walker talked about when someone does you wrong, you can kind of feel like uh, they owe you something. When they take something from you, hey, you owe me. When you hurt me, you owe me something. And during the holidays, you might have somebody, family member coming home uh, that there is a little bit of a beef between you or some, some long history where there's a feeling of, hey, you hurt me, so therefore uh, you owe me. And families have all sorts of different dynamics and issues. Um, there could be um, broken families, dysfunctional families, fractured families, whatever label you want to put on it. There could be divorce in families, blended <clears throat> families. Uh, and then the worst of all, in my opinion, is uh, in a strange relationship, which means there's no contact at all, no chance for reconciliation, because you don't even know where that person is. Um, but I'm here to tell you that God is a God that loves to restore the unrestorable. Loves to take that dysfunction and turn it into function. Loves to take the broken and turn it into the unbroken and the completely whole. Forgiveness is the key to releasing hurt, releasing bitterness, and experiencing joy with Jesus this season. Um, I want to, as you guys have gotten to know me over the last uh, three years, I want to kind of tell you a little bit about uh, my childhood. Uh, So when I was 12 years old in Chattanooga, Tennessee, I was in my room uh, shooting Nerf hoops, playing like I was in the big game. Five seconds left, you know, by myself, just imagining. My dad walked into my room, and I remember this day so vividly. He sat me on the bed and he said, son, I'm divorcing your mom. And as a 12-year-old, that's a lot to process. My whole world seemed to just crumble from underneath me. I felt abandoned. I felt hurt. Um, I felt left behind. And from at that point on, I, was ex- I would experience and still do experience a fractured, uh, broken family. But I'm here to tell you that the only perfect family that was completely unbroken was Adam and Eve um, before the fall. Before they ate that forbidden fruit, they had a perfect relationship with uh, God. They walked with God in perfect harmony. And when they ate that forbidden fruit, from then on, There has been brokenness and fracture all the way throughout human history through this seed of sin. So in a sense, we are all broken and in need of repair. And Jesus provides us with that. We're all fractured, but we are forgiven through Jesus. So uh, today I want to spend a little time uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 6. The um, Sermon on the Mount, super uh, popular sermon uh, that Jesus preached. And 
Jesus talks about uh, uh, giving to the needy. He talks about prayer. And when he talks about prayer, he goes through the Lord's Prayer. And right after the Lord, uh, Lord's Prayer, he gives this uh, distinct verse on forgiveness. Now, in the Bible, there's a lot of verses on forgiveness, and each verse is going to give you a different aspect on forgiveness. So we shouldn't just base uh, every belief and every stance on just one verse, but this is going to give us a unique aspect on forgiveness. So here we go. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Let's pray, church. Ah, Jesus, we are talking about forgiveness today, Lord, and we just ask that you would speak through your mighty word to us. God, help us to understand you and know you more and experience this wonderful thing called forgiveness that you have offered to us and help us to also lend it to others freely. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Man, this is a startling scripture here. Jesus is giving a startling warning about forgiveness, but that, that, that if we do not forgive others, the Father's also gonna refuse to forgive us. It's based on realizing uh, that forgiveness is a crucial part of love. See, God gives us this great command uh, uh, to, to love God and love others. And forgiveness is a crucial part of this love. It is attached. You can't just love someone and then not forgive them when they wrong you. Forgiveness is our deepest spiritual need. It is our deepest spiritual need. We, 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 we must be forgiven. We long to be forgiven, and we need to be forgiven. Our ability to forgive others is connected to, it's linked to, it, it is dependent on our faith and belief that God has forgiven us. It is directly linked to. God's forgiveness of sin is not a result of us forgiving others, of course, but it's based on realizing what forgiveness means. You see, knowing it is different than experiencing it. Knowing about forgiveness, having all the knowledge about it, is different than experiencing it. So I'm a big barbecue lover. I know I'm skinny, but I love my barbecue, and uh, I've gotten to visit uh, all the four big regions of barbecue. You got Carolina barbecue, you got Memphis barbecue, uh, you got Kansas City barbecue, and my personal favorite, Texas barbecue. My favorite place is a place called the Salt Lick in Austin, Texas. And man, being there, experiencing it, you can know all about barbecue. You can try to cook it at your house, you can know all the recipes, but until you're there and have experienced it, there is nothing like it. You want to share it with others. You want to take people there. And that's what forgiveness is like. You have to experience it. Know what it's like. And once you do, you have to lend it to others. It's a, it's a, 
it's a must that you lend it to others. This takes me to white Christmas overload. So most likely we're going to have a white Christmas this year. I mean, <laughs> most likely. Um, it's a little bit of an overload, a little too much white Christmas this year, maybe. But when we don't forgive, that bitterness builds up. And it's like the snow. You, you got to get on it. You don't want to wait. Don't wait to forgive, but forgive as soon as you're wronged. Because that snow builds up, right? And you got to get on it. So there's a pathway out. There's a pathway to joy when you forgive. Don't let that stock up. Don't, don't wait. You know, I'm going to forgive later. Forgive as soon as you're wrong. I mean, you might be going to church. You might be giving. <clears throat> you might be uh, um, on a serve team. But you're, you're, if you're not experiencing that joy this season with Jesus, it may be because you've got a beef with somebody. I know my experience is, is when I forgive, I am paying that debt that I think someone owes me and I get to experience joy. I get to experience joy. See, it's easy to ask God for forgiveness. God makes it that way for us. God, I've sinned, forgive me, right? But it might be difficult for us to grant it to others. See, when we ask God for forgiveness, we should also ask hey, is there someone that's offended me that I need to forgive? We need to kind of link those together. And I feel like that's what Jesus is saying uh, in chapter six there, verse 14. There's a great quote. I love old quotes by uh, uh, old wise dudes. There's a guy named George Herbert. He's a, a poet, uh, English clergyman from the 1600s. He says this, he that cannot forgive others breaks the bridge over which he must pass himself. For every man has need to be forgiven. I love that. You see how those are linked. So we've been talking about Christmas movies, uh, this series, Home for the Holidays. And so um, I want to talk about Die Hard, a Christmas movie. <laughs> Die Hard, a Christmas. So at Christmas, uh, uh, so we had a Christmas party for staff, and we were playing Jeopardy, and we learned that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So my point is this, is if the film is filmed during the holidays uh, and there's just some Christmas trees in the movie, does that really make it a Christmas movie? You know, so we tend to kind of do that. But I guess Die Hard is officially a Christmas movie. But I had a friend uh, uh, tell me today, uh, uh, excuse me, tell me this week that forgiveness is foreign to our culture. It's foreign to our culture. There's so many... <clears throat> revenge movies, right? Like now we have John Wick or whatever, and I'm not, nothing against revenge movies, you know, enjoy them at your own discretion, but we tend to love those kind of stories, right? He's a man with nothing to lose. They took everything from him, and now he's taking everything from them. And we're like, yeah, you know, the guy who comes back and gets uh, revenge. Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, they wanted that from the Messiah. They wanted a Messiah who was going to come back, get revenge on Rome, 
Israel was going to take over and take back what was theirs. But when Jesus came, he had a whole other kind of message, a message of forgiveness. Uh, even in 1971, the Who, uh, this rock band had a, a song called Baba O'Reilly. You might know it as Teenage Wasteland. Uh, the lead singer, Roger Daltrey, belts from the top of his lungs, I don't need to be forgiven. I'm good how I am. I don't need to be forgiven. And it can be difficult to forgive uh, internally just with our own stuff going on, but it's also difficult sometimes to forgive because of these external things as in this culture that forgiveness is foreign to. We're not giving the luxury as believers of holding on to our bitterness towards other people. Once we have opened our eyes to the enormity of our offense of, against God, the injuries that others have done to us seem super small. They seem trifling by comparison. A culture that is bent on revenge is a culture destined to fall. See, what you did to me is nothing compared to what I did to God. Who am I not to be unmerciful? Who am I to hold a grudge? It's a great quote. Another one is, uh, uh, not forgiving is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. God is not greedy with his forgiveness. He is generous. He sets the example for us to be generous with forgiveness as well. Um, as a worship pastor, we'd always talk about vertical worship and horizontal worship. Vertical worship being, uh, you know, you're singing to God, Jesus, I love you, uh, and, and, and horizontal worship would be uh, God is faithful, God is good. We're edifying each other in worship. Well, forgiveness, uh, there's vertical forgiveness and there's horizontal forgiveness. Vertical forgiveness is uh, uh, you confess to God, uh, you say you're sorry to God, I have sinned, and he forgives you. But horizontal worship doesn't work in the same way. In other words, we can't say, well, I'll forgive them if they say they're sorry. I'll forgive them if they get down on their knees and say they're sorry, and then I'll forgive them. We are in the same position as God, and here's why. When we say we're sorry to God, he's 100% in the right, and we're 100% in the wrong all the time. He's always good. He's always right. But with others, it might not always be that way. It can be, maybe, but with others, there might be some part that we also play in it. And so we're just to forgive. There's also a difference um, in forgiveness and reconciliation. We sometimes kind of blend those. Um, forgiveness doesn't come without consequences. But forgiveness and reconciliation and restoration are different things. There might be a situation where safety or trust is an issue, but we can always forgive all the time. We can forgive in our hearts <clears throat> all the time. And <clears throat> sure, the goal should be reconciliation, and maybe that can happen, but it might not <clears throat> always happen. 
So <clears throat> in my 20s, um, I was estranged from my mom for over uh, 10 years. And so no contact at all. Didn't know whether she was alive or not. She didn't know where I was. No contact at all. There's no, uh, she wasn't on social media or anything like that. <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. Um, and so I'll tell you another Christmas miracle that happened. Um, this is uh, during the holidays a uh, few years back. I got a contact, a text from a mutual friend uh, who got a hold of her email address and said, man, you're not going to believe this. Here's your email address. Do what you want with it. So I prayed about it and started emailing her. I emailed my mom for uh, an entire year until some trust built up. And then we did phone calls for another year. Um, and then, super cool, we went to go see her in Tennessee. She got to meet her grandkids. There was an amazing restoration and reconciliation that happened through that seed of forgiveness that happened a long time ago. We're actually going to go uh, do a little late Christmas with her in January. So the relationship is uh, uh, getting stronger and better. Um, and there's an amazing things there that can happen. Um, through fracture and brokenness that I've lived through, um, and that's given me great joy to see the fruit of forgiveness. Oh, thank you. Look at that. Service. See, Christmas miracle. Water. <laughs> Good deal, good deal. A few years back, uh, my dad, um, the first divorce he went through was a, a public uh, divorce. He's in uh, church ministry. And then uh, a few years back, uh, he got uh, divorced again and remarried as well. And we are now um, a little bit separated. We're communicating, but... I've dealt with a lot with my mom and my dad, and, and sometimes your parents can be some of the hardest people to forgive. Um, so God has been really working in me now, um, totally forgiving my dad. Dad, if you're out there, I love you. And uh, always, well, you've taught me so much about uh, ministry and life, and love you. Forgive me, too, uh, for anything that I've done, too. So I love you. Um, and so kind of going through this, uh, with my folks has taught me a lot about forgiveness and I had to kind of live, live it on a daily basis. But your situation might be that you don't trust quite yet. You're building that and that's okay. You also don't have to say in forgiveness, hey, you know what, I forgive you. And what you did wasn't that bad. You don't have to say that. I mean, what you did was bad, but I still forgive you. You can forget about it, but you don't also have to uh, uh, condone anything. Brings me to um, the heart, the heart of the matter. Um, kind of want to go back to chapter six a little bit and talk about this chapter. It's a really interesting chapter as I was studying over and over and over. Um, the beginning of chapter six, Jesus talks about giving to the needy. And he says, hey, when you give to the needy, do it in uh, secret. Don't boast about it. And then he talks about prayer. Hey, don't give these elaborate prayers, Jesus says, really loud and elaborate and fancy prayers, but pray in secret. And then he, and then he shows, um, shows you how to pray in the Lord's Prayer, the famous Lord's Prayer. 
And then there's that verse that we just brought up. Um, if you don't forgive others, the Father will not forgive you. Hmm. Right after that, he talks about fasting. Hey, when you fast, you know, don't boast about it and act like you're really hungry, but you know, hide the fact that you're fasting. Why is this verse sandwiched between all of that? Um, you don't have to boast about your forgiveness. You don't have to boast about your forgiveness. You, know, you don't have to please man. It's not about pleasing uh, uh, what, what, what men think of your relationship, right? Or someone saying, hey, you know, I haven't seen you with that person in a while. I know you guys have had it out, but how are you guys doing? Well, there might be a trust and reconciliation issue, but in your heart, God knows your heart. God knows whether or not you have forgiven someone. I want to take you to First Kings. I'm uh, going to head back to the Old Testament. Solomon uh, just builds this, uh, this temple, the new temple for, for God, and he's dedicating this temple in prayer. And he says, Then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Forgive and act. Deal with everyone according to all they do. Since you know their hearts, for you alone know every human heart, you can have faith and know if you have forgiven someone in your heart that you're good. And you're doing maybe everything you can for a relationship to reconcile. But if God knows that you have forgiven in your heart, then I would say you are good. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve both money and God, both men's approval and God's approval. And you don't need to boast about forgiveness, but know that you have forgiven in your heart. Now, you might not have, uh, you know, maybe your family's spread out like mine. Uh, maybe um, um, you don't have any family. And you're like, man, I don't really have any family to speak of. Um, I'm going to read to you encouraging one of my favorite scriptures in Matthew 12, uh, verse 46. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of the Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. After all that I have been through with uh, uh, these public church divorces in my family, I've had folks say, man, how are you still here? <laughs> how are you still in church ministry? How are you still? And my, my answer is, where else would I go? This is my family. You are my brother. You are my sister. You are my mother. So this is a incredible realization that God is Jesus is unveiling to us that, that our spiritual relationships are just as binding as our physical ones. Just as binding. And we have this great gift of church family that we get to uh, be a part of and get each other's back. And we sometimes wrong each other and we can forgive each other uh, as well. But Jesus paves the way for church, for our church, he paves the way for us to have this family. And I want to talk to the brothers in the room, the men in the room. When I first got here, one of my favorite events is Men's Summit. It's happening uh, in March. Um, this summit is a great place to connect with other brothers. 
when I first got here, I made friends I still have deep connections with, deep friendship with, um, still to this day. So if you're looking for connection, Men's Summit, man, is a great place to start brother relationships. So maybe you've been wounded. You can find joy through forgiveness. You can find wholeness and community right here. You're looking for a home. Church on the Rock can be your uh, family home. There's dysfunction, all this stuff in our lives. We can have faith. Have faith that God has forgiven us, and we can heal that dysfunction through forgiveness and heal that hurt in your heart. Um, I'm going to go to Ephesians 4.32. It's another great scripture for you this morning, guys. Um, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ forgave you. Those two are linked. Forgiving each other and realizing that we've been forgiving, forgiven by Jesus. And those things are connected and they are linked. Our ability to forgive is dependent on our faith and belief that God has forgiven us. As an adult now, I can look back at my childhood and go, man, I didn't choose for my family to be fractured. I didn't choose all that stuff to happen to me when I was a kid. And you can sometimes start feeling sorry for yourself. Like, Why did this happen to me? But I think about the cost that Jesus paid for us. I think that he was with the Holy Spirit and the Father in this perfect communion, this perfect relationship, and made the choice to fracture himself from that, emptying himself as this helpless baby in this ordinary manger for the sake that we could be forgiven. He made that choice to be fractured on the cross for the sake so that we could be forgiven. But he's a supernatural, amazing God, isn't he? Made himself whole again. He, he, he defeated death, came back from the dead. And if he can make himself whole again, he can make us whole again. This is, this is a great God we serve. He is an abundant forgiver. This baby that was born back then can help you forgive again. Just encourage you to rediscover the gift of forgiveness. We can rediscover that every day when we wake up. I've been forgiven. Let's discover this gift again, this season of being forgiven. And let's rediscover the giver the giver of this amazing gift of forgiveness. I think we'll be discovering who Jesus is. I mean, we'll be 80 years old and still discovering new aspects of who Jesus is. Let's discover who this giver is. And then let's discover giving forgiveness. Let's just lend it out. Don't hold it in. But let's just discover this amazing gift that God has given us and just forgive others and experience this this amazing joy. When we experience forgiveness and forgive others, 
Our faith that God has truly forgiven us increases in our relationship with him joyfully deepens. The reason Jesus is so serious about this scripture is that we don't want to miss out on this intimate joy that we can experience with him. And we completely miss out on it when we do not forgive. That's why Jesus is giving us this, this startling warning. Forgive others. Um, I think you got a scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Why don't you throw that up on the screen for me there? Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. When we forgive others, we also should believe and hope that they can be transformed. If God could transform me, he can transform you. If God can transform the Apostle Paul who persecuted Christians, he can transform the person that has wronged you. Let's believe and hope also that anybody can be touched by God and anybody can be transformed. Yeah, we might be fractured, but we're forgiven and we're made whole again through what Jesus has done on the cross. Through what Jesus has done by, by emptying himself, separating himself from heaven to be with us on this earth. Uh, prayer team's gonna be available at the corners. Why don't we all stand up and we'll get ready for, to worship this amazing God, this amazing forgiving God. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've given us, God. We thank you for this gift of forgiveness. Lord, if there's anybody here, Lord, or that's holding forgiveness, I just ask you to just release that floodgate of forgiveness. Open our hearts to it, Lord. Help us to let go of any bitterness so we can experience that joy and that intimacy with you this season. Jesus, we love you. We bless your holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts and to discover how you can connect, visit us at churchak.org or download our Church on the Rock AK app from either iTunes or Google Play.